This war represents a failure to listen. Release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. Something terrible has happened. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Anger, fear, aggression. The dark side of the force of the Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. No, no, you're still holding on! Let go! Biggest problem in this universe is nobody helps each other. That's how we're gonna win. Not fighting what we hate. Saving what we love. Hello, and welcome to Who Shot First, a Star Wars Controversy podcast. I am your host, Alex. And I'm your other host, Ethan. And today we have back again, she has been not been on for a while, our lovely correspondent, Sarah. Hello. How have you been doing, Sarah? We've been doing all right. Good. Well, we brought Sarah back for two special reasons. The first being that we are doing a fantastical, wonderful episode on Padme Amidala. And whether she is a good character or a bad character in the terms of was she written well or was she written poorly? Not necessarily of how she was portrayed, but how it was positioned on screen. The second amazing thing, and I don't even think Ethan knows this, is this is our 25th episode. Ah! <laughs> Congratulations. Yay! So this will be our 25th episode. So we are just getting the whole gang together. So yes, a momentous occasion to be sure. Correct. Mm -hmm. And we will be focusing mainly with Padme on the movies. And more focus will be put on Revenge of the Sith. But there are arguments elsewhere that will be put in about other things. But we're going to be mainly focusing on that. And we, we, if you guys want more Clone Wars controversies, we can talk about her in Clone Wars. Uh, but we shall see. So... All right, you you guys got anything special, Sarah? Do you you have do you have anything special to say about Padme that you really like her or you don't like her? She's amazing. Padme is amazing, and I love her. You love her, okay? So anyway, uh, we are all get started with basic. Who, who wants to get started? Anybody want to get started? Let's start with our positives. Let's, let's, let's do all the good things. Yes. Because I think we'll get a little too down if we talk about the negatives first. So or do we want or do we want to or do we want to do the negatives and then bring bring her back up with our positives? I think we can do both. I think we can we can do our positives first, get everybody built up nice and high. And then we can go. Oh, and then destroy negative. her. No, <laughs> and go negative, and then bring her back up at the end. Because I okay. think there's still going to be like I think that this is still going to be a conversation of bringing up things, going back and forth. But okay, uh, so we shall we shall see. That sounds like so, a plan. All right, sounds like a plan. Uh, so Sarah obviously is taking the side of, but well, not obviously. I guess what side are you taking, Sarah? What side do you? But do you, do you think she is a really good character or poorly written, especially in Revenge of the Sith? Oh, that, okay, that's a really loaded statement there. Correct, it is. I think Padme is a really strong character and a really good character. I think, like, 
all aspects of the prequel trilogy, she does suffer from poor writing. Um, you know, I don't think it's just Padme's character that is stunted by the writing. Yeah, I think Obi-Wan is, I think Anakin is, I think it's, it's kind of across the board. I think Revenge of the Sith is her weakest. Um, and I think, again, that has to do with writing. I also have to think it has to do with sexism but I think there are some really positives of her character even in Revenge of the Sith it's layered um and you know I'm happy to bring some of those up and you guys may roll your eyes at me um that I'm reading too much into it but I know I'm not the only one that sees her in this way uh Ethan what side are you going to be taking I'm in in the same boat uh basically I she is definitely stronger as a character in the first two prequel films and then I think she gets completely sidelined or just derailed as a character in episode three and that is again right to due to poor writing and just focusing making it focusing the movie too much on Anakin and not giving Padme enough screen time and character development in episode three mm -hmm. so I would uh, yes there are she there are her there she has her problems but it's not it's not like all her fault you know it's poor writing and yeah okay i will say i am taking i am taking the absolute stance of she is a she is a pretty good character and then it is a travesty of justice of what happens to her in revenge of the sith I do not like her in Revenge of the Sith at all. Mm. And so I will, that, that is the position I will be taking. However, throughout, like I've done research. And so I do have positives to say about her. So this will not just be Sarah defending her and saying all these things. I have found, done some research, found some people that really like her and um, I will be sharing that with us. This is where the fun begins. Sarah, would you like to get us going on our positives of Padme Amidala? Skywalker, because she's married now. Well, she I, think, not take his name. I think she kept her name. She kept yeah. her name. Okay, yeah. Good job for her. Good job. Go ahead. Well, I guess we'll, we'll talk a little bit more high level, just kind of setting the stage going into Revenge of the Sith. Sure. Um, so I think she's very strong in the first two movies. What a lot of people talk about when they're looking at strong characters as a whole, and in particular, strong female characters, since there tends to be, particularly in movies, an emphasis on male protagonists. So when looking at strong female protagonists, you know, Padme shapes her own destiny and tries to change her situation. She doesn't sit around and wait to be rescued, uh, like mother, like daughter, a little bit. Padme has her own goals and beliefs. She's not a puppet. She's not a parrot. And she stands up for those goals and beliefs throughout, you know, the course of the movies. She makes choices mostly in episodes one and two, not as much in episode three, um, but she makes choices that are not influenced by love. You know, she doesn't choose to do something or choose not to do something because it will affect her partner. She chooses to do something or not to do something because it furthers her goals or beliefs um, or what she, you know, her motives. And she influences the plot uh, we're going to caveat this a little bit. She influences the plot without dying or being captured because most women that we see, or I shouldn't say most women, but in a lot of movies, we see women moving the plot along because they have been kidnapped or murdered. And then 
male protagonist comes in to seek justice. And so, yes, Padme is taken hostage in both of the movies, but and it moves the plot along, but in both instances, she rescues herself. So I don't... Yes, she's captured and it moves the plot along, but she moves the plot along without being captured in other ways. I want to credit RetroZap.com. They wrote an article, The Case for Padme, and they they call her a renaissance woman. She is a little bit of everything. She's royalty. She's a politician. She's a diplomat. She's a friend. um, And I think, you know, teeing up the Revenge of the Sith conversation, she's also a, a wife and a mother. And how well she does that, I don't know. But I think that's writing versus her character. Very good. I, too, found that RetroZap <laughs> article, and so I have many mentions of it. Yes! It's a good article. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, so, but before we go there, I'm going to go, I want to lean in with your Phantom Menace um, pieces of... And this is from the book, The Case Against Star Wars, uh, by Matthew Stover. It's actually a very interesting book about who they take different sides on different pieces about Star Wars. But they say, at the beginning of episode one, Amidala seems a heroic, heroic figure determined to protect her planet and the Republic. She comes up with a plan to defeat the Trade Federation and capture the Viceroy, a plan that reveals her abilities as a leader, strategist, and diplomat. She speaks convincingly to Boss Nass and secures the help of the Gun Guns. But Amidala is not all talk. She is a brave, assertive woman of action, mm-hmm. especially in Attack of the Clones. Um, you mean Phantom Menace? Especially yeah, especially I was going to say. <laughs> Menace, yes. And I... Yeah, a lot of my defense for her comes from that RetroZap article. So do you have more you would like to say about the RetroZap article on your own? Or would you like me to throw some stuff in there? No, like I think the rest of it will, I can help build Padme back up after we tear her down because it's more connected to Revenge of the Sith. Okay, so yes, because yes, we have to build her up before Revenge of the Sith because yes, we all, I think most of us, most fandom, and I would say everybody in th- on this podcast agrees that Padme Amidala is a pretty cool character up to the end of Attack of the Clones. Yes, she makes silly mistakes. Yes, she falls in love with a guy that maybe she shouldn't have. But like we can all admit that she is a strong, independent character up to that point. Other people have also said that Queen Amidala is calling the shots. Her subjects listen, and she rules with kindness. Her followers are there not out of fear of her dominion, but because they admire her and honestly believe in her mission. This is from Phantom Menace as well. And she is always... She she sees how little people are ignored beneath the mighty machine of the Galactic Senate and even the royal leadership of the Naboo government. And such exposure helps her become a better, more inclusive leader as she attempts to do that. And as a leader, she is clear-eyed, compassionate, and seeks peace over war, but will fight if need be. Padme was a fighter at 14 years old. So again, like, I think that's a big thing that gets lost 
is that Padme is supposed to be 14 years old in the first film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it gets lost because Natalie Portman does not age in the, the, the 10 years, which normally she would, the, a normal human being would. And so you think like, oh, she's an adult and she's doing all these things. You're like, nope, she's 14. And she's doing all of this fantastic work. And just like, again, she takes down everybody. She comes up with a plan. Even in Attack of the Clones, she's the one who's coming up with the plans or it's like she's the one that's leading mm-hmm. the the petition to go against war. And that's a big thing that I liked about her is that they actually kind of wrote it well in the sense of like she's throughout the entire film, she's saying no to war. War is not good. We don't want war. And then at the very end, she starts fighting. And you would, and in most Hollywood films, I feel they would portray somebody who's like anti-war all the time. They would portray her as just anti-war and being like, nope, I'm not going to fight. I'm going to, and then they get captured and have to be saved or something, or they get killed or, or something along those lines. But as, as Sarah was saying, like she fights back and she fights her own battles. But as we can see in transitioning into our I would, uh, Revenge of the Sith, like she still is against the war. Like she wants diplomacy. And throughout Revenge of the Sith, she talks about how, again, they're minor points, but like she's like- This war represents a failure to listen. Now you're closer to the Chancellor than anyone. Please ask him to stop the fighting and let diplomacy resume. Why can't we talk about diplomacy and and stop the war when it's constantly with us keep fighting? And so I'm going to jump back into the RetroZap article and say that while she does make mistakes and that the that that is actually the best part of the character is this article says is that she makes mistakes but that makes her human so the best they say the best thing about her is that she can be all these things and still be a fully realized well-rounded character with flaws and shortcomings a perfect character is great as wish fulfillment but lousy within the context of a legitimate narrative The best characters have to struggle and learn to change and adapt to become better versions of themselves. Female characters should be no different than male characters in this regard. It is human to err, after all, and making female characters flawlessly only serves to make them less relatable and realistic. And then RetroZap actually says, which I sort of disagree with, but says, but really her only two mistakes are ousting Chancellor Valorum in Phantom and agreeing to a shotgun wedding and secret marriage with the emotionally unstable Anakin in clones. So that's what they say are her only mistakes. I would push back on that one hard, but it's still, those are her two major mistakes. Because again, I think with that one, they're saying the the marriage to Anakin envelops all of the mistakes she makes after that. What do you think? Go ahead, Ethan. Yeah, I would think that that there were a handful of other other uh, mistakes made along the way, but you know, I think just are you asking my reaction more to that article, or can I like make a different 
the whole like, like the whole lot. yeah everything that i everything that i said like whether like she's a relatable yeah. character because she makes the mistake uh, right i think i think the more right the more when you have a character make mistakes it it definitely grounds them a little more as these uh, and makes them more relatable rather than having someone who is just this perfect this perfect person who makes all the right decisions and and is flawless in in those regards it definitely helps to connect you with the character more when when you humanize them in that way of of making mistakes and and being vulnerable so i think they i think they do do a, a good job of right of making padme relatable to the audience in regards to like like i can like her relationship with anakin i feel like can be relatable to other people's relationships in real life in terms of having that uh that kind of guilt tripping person in their life and that emotionally unstable person and i think that that particular i mean people can relate to having been in those types of relationships so i think that helps her character as uh, as well true i hadn't thought about that yeah you're right continuing with this the retro zap article the retro zap article comments about this being a tragedy and star wars is tragedy so they say that's the point of tragedy in the classical sense. Characters must make mistakes and dig their own figurative graves. Mistakes are precisely the purpose of cautionary tale. And yet, as prequel trilogy characters go, Padme is still the probably the least culpable of anyone in the trilogy. And that's ironic because she seems to bear the brunt of the criticism of the tragedy that ensues. And then he, he also finishes with... I believe that Padme's decision to commit herself to Anakin is a tragic mistake and that the films take pains to demonstrate this couple's inherent incompatibility. So again, stating that Star Wars is tragedy, it is designed to be a tragic tale. And so therefore we have to focus that they make mis people make mistakes in tragedy and you're, you're supposed to go, that was a tragedy. Why did you do that? And so that's why she's making those mistakes. Hmm. I don't think I agree with that, but... You do not agree with that? Which part? Well, like, I mean, maybe that Padme made a mistake. Or, like, she like she did, but then I don't know if, like... She's not the only one at fault here, and I think that's what the article, or what you're trying... What you're saying is, like, she's the one that takes all of the blame, but she's not the only one responsible. Oh yeah, that's what the article was saying. And that's yeah. What said. yeah, yeah. This is treading Annie Dalla territory. And yeah. I thought you had wanted to We will stay away from that, but Yeah, because that's a separate is, episode. There's a separate episode. Okay. But Okay. But again, like the positivities of her, and we'll dive a little bit into her, like her loyalty to Anakin. And so we will go with again this of in the same RetroZap article, it says, Padme's stubborn refusal to lose all hope in the face of overwhelming despair and her dead, steadfast loyalty to a man who has physically abused her is often used as evidence of her weakness as a character. And yet, 
Doesn't Luke do the same thing in Return of the Jedi when he discards his weapon in the presence of the most powerful Sith in the galaxy and the abusive father who cut off his hand and kicked the crud out of him? How can Padme's sacrifice be written off as weak while Luke's is bravery? Mm-hmm. They are the same thing. Luke is Padme's child. Her spirit, her fearlessness, and her loyalty live in him. So that, again, is just... it's. Going with the, yes, she tragically does pass, and it is a need for the story to happen. Well, I would push back on that, but... Okay. It doesn't need to happen, but in George Lucas's Lucas's narrow vision, yes. I will agree completely with that. Yeah. And... you, you You don't think she needs to die? No. I agree with her on that as well yeah that there's ways that padme could have been alive at the end of revenge of the sith that are believable and like like and believable and compelling and can still get you to the same point of where we need to be at the start of a new hope like it's all possible wouldn't you run into the issues of that of her of her if she's alive then not wanting to be with her children or... No, because that would actually explain why Leia remembers her mother and Luke doesn't. Yeah, they separate. The, they still separate the children to protect them. Right, but I thought she was. I thought in that scene she was just talking about she meant more of her Alderaan adopted mother. Leia, do you remember your mother, your real mother? Just a little bit. She died when I was very young. What do you remember? Just images, really. Feelings. Tell me. She was very beautiful. Kind, but sad. Why are you asking me this? I have no memory of my mother. I never knew her. No, that is literally they're talking like she knows she's adopted. And so that is not seen. They are talking about their parents. They are talking about Padme. Okay. okay. It's the only time she is ever mentioned in the original trilogy. Right. Because Luke would have had to have known either at the onset or through Leia filling him in afterwards, but Bria was still very much alive when Alderaan blew up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bria was the queen well she was the queen but i was trying to like put her age wise to padme because i think she and bale were i don't know maybe 10 at most 20 years older than padme was if that yeah i mean they they were young yes not not super young i would say like middle age young but anyway correct so other positives that have been brought up are uh queen's shadow and I know Sarah loves this that series and oh, so the, all the all the, the Padme books. I agree with the Padme books as well. Like I, I really think they're really well written. Are those books set before episode one? No. It's a combination. So E. K. Okay. Johnston is writing a trilogy. The third one comes out here in November. So the first one is set in between the events of uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. It takes us through Padme's transition from queen to senator and her early days in the Senate. 
Um, the second one goes back in time and gives us um, a, a queen's peril and it gives us um, her building her, I guess, cabinet for lack of a better term, but basically a, a gaining all of her handmaidens and her early days as royalty. And then it takes you through her perspective and the handmaidens perspective through Phantom Menace. And that is super fascinating. And then I believe if I remember correctly, a Queen's Hope, which is due out in November, 2021, I guess to date the podcast, November, 2021, is going to take place at the tail end of the Clone Wars and into the events of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So yes, I I agree that that book, those two books so far, and that probably that third one's going to make Revenge of the Sith even better. But currently, those two books make those movies a lot better mm-hmm. watching them or mm-hmm. after reading them. But they are, and so they are they are side additions to the canon, or so so they okay. they help out while reading it. And like to go with that of things that are might be getting better uh, in the Revenge of the Sith novelization, which I don't know if I don't think is canon because it's just so different. But uh, in the Revenge of the Sith novel, there is uh, it states that another thing that was going on in the book was Padme and Obi Wan doing some top secret espionage. So Obi Wan would be chilling at the crib when Annie was out. Annie would get home and he could sense that Obi-Wan was there and Padme would play it off. Anakin believed that they were having an affair and that isolated him even for more. So Anakin and Obi or Padme and Obi-Wan were doing espionage in the Revenge of the Sith novelization. And so she couldn't tell Anakin. And so again, it dives a dagger between them, but gives her more to do of what she's doing. Oh, okay. But the last thing I can think of at the moment is that, well, yes, she does follow him and love him and stays with him through problematic elements like the end of the, the, the temple assault and, and stuff like that. While she does do that, she will not join him and his sick crusade. And that's an important point to linger on. So at the very end, when she when he says, like, we'll do this, she doesn't go. She says, you're going down a path I cannot follow. She's morally strong and independent enough to tell him that where he's going, she can't follow. And that he has crossed a line and that mm-hmm. her devotion to her own values and morality supersedes even her commitment to him. So, well, yes, it happens at the very end of the movie. And there's some other issues before that like she is staying she is stating like i can't go where you're going and she kind of has a little stand up to him yeah which, which is very positive for her right it's it's true to her character correct and that yeah and then so i think the biggest criticism of that is like it should have happened sooner but again that's a that's a problem with the writing and well it's also <laughs> I, I get frustrated when people say stuff like that because it's like, well, of course it's easy to see these things when you're outside of the relationship and don't feel any of the emotion inside the relationship. So it's like you you give your partner the benefit of the doubt. You have your, your blinders up and like you don't want to accept that those things are true. So you, you, you know, probably stay in it and do things longer than you should be 
but I mean, hindsight's always 2020 and it's a lot, I mean, that's, you know, one of the many benefits of having like outside counsel with relationships is because they can help you see things that you're not seeing because they're clear headed about it. So I, I, I get frustrated when people are like, oh, she should have known better. It's like, well, if you were in that situation, what would you have done? You don't know. So. Yeah. And, and I agree for sure with that is that exactly, you know, how can you, how can you say, how can you say that, you know, she, she should have done better when, when it's, I think it does represent pretty well, uh, at least in like, at least in a general sense, how you would probably want to, how you would probably act in that, in that situation. I mean, yes, his actions are, are pretty large red flags, but, you know, in still in that moment, you'd, you'd want to not believe it or think it was fabricated or exaggerated and, and always give your partner the benefit of the doubt. So yeah, I, I agree. That doesn't uh, track with me when people, right. When people say that, uh, or wag their finger at characters like that and say they should have known. I will disagree with that. Mm. I think she should have known, but that is a good point where we can lean right in to our negatives of, and and basically I think gonna stay mostly in Attack Revenge of the Sith. I got a bad feeling about this. That's where where she gets taken down and reduced. And so with that, I will state, I found that Wired wrote an article about Star Wars heroines and they state that she seemed completely helpless in Revenge of the Sith bewildered, pregnant, and scared about what was going on. As a strong queen who cares about diplomacy to episode three, where she is portrayed as helpless and weak. She reveals that she is pregnant, and from this point on, Padme's role in the film is reduced to just a child bearer, rather than a former queen or senator. She is merely Anakin's pregnant wife. Go ahead, Ethan. Yeah, yeah I, I, I I agree with, with that, that Yes, it just, it seems as though all she is is just, right, somebody, she's there to, she's there in this movie now to give us Luke and Leia and the reason for Anakin's fall. Um, And I think, you know, they cut, they cut a lot of her scenes in episode three Mm -hmm. with her actually showing, giving her, a higher purpose in terms of forming the rebellion and and the early the early formation of the rebellion, so that really that really detracted from her character as well. Getting rid of those scenes because if you had those in there, at least it would be it, it would give her more of a purpose. But yeah, I, I it, yes, she is just basically kind of there to give us Luke and Leia and the fall. And then in George Lucas's eyes, she's there to die. Yes. I did I I disagree with, with both of you gentlemen here. Okay. So I I will give that it is really frustrating that the the scenes that were filmed for Revenge of the Sith where Padme is like actively being a senator were cut. But I think she's not just there or like how do I want to word this? 
one, when you say that she's just there to give us Luke and Leia, that like that does really belittle the act of mothering. And like it takes a hell of a lot of work to create not just one human, but two humans. So like that is a full time job in and of itself. So she's trying to grow two humans in secret during a war. Like that is a crazy amount of stress. And even someone as level headed and, and, you know, cool as a cucumber and been thrown into as many situations as Padme, like that's a whole nother level of trying to manage and just trying to survive. So it may seem like she's not doing a lot, but I think she still is. Nope, that's a that's definitely a I good point. That, I would agree to that point, except that I don't. And again, this is this is me of like again. I like the character of Padme, mm-hmm. but it is not portrayed well. Well, I was gonna say I think well. I think Natalie Portman does a good job of playing the role. I I will say that this is one of the instances where you do kind of need to tell your audience what's going on because there's a lot of show, don't tell. But it's like there's a lot of things with Padme's character here that just one line of, you know, saying this, that, or the other thing can go a long way in setting up, like, I am super overwhelmed. I am really stressed. Like, we're trying to do this in secret. Like, I need help. Or like all of these things that I think are played by Natalie in the portrayal. And I know a lot of other fans have picked up and, and written on this or, and spoken to this in their podcasts of like, she's doing mental gymnastics in all of her scenes, trying to figure out what the heck's going on with this war, trying to keep her hormones in track, trying to save her relationship with her partner. And like, that is a lot. That is a lot. And I don't think it's, it's written well. It, I think she portrays it, but you've got to really read in between those lines because George doesn't give you any bait to pull off of. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and that's where yeah. I will say like most of the criticisms here and most of my criticisms of Padme are that like, it's you have to headcanon your own stuff. Like you have, like we don't, again, those were fine points, but like it's never told to us. There's right. No, there's yeah. no implication that she's overwhelmed there's like yes it does take a lot to be a mother and that is a a a big thing but like it is never shown to us that she's stressed out about that at all she's never like the only thing she's she every time she ever talks about it she's like come away with me with my baby with the baby or at the very end where she's like come away raise this baby with me it and that's where I will look like it's again like I like the character I like the way that Natalie portrays her but she's just written so terribly right. in Revenge of the Sith and, right. that's, and that's where I'll, I'll like again like where most of these criticisms come in is going to be is how she is written and again she, like as Ethan said like she is relegated to the cutting room floor and as Sarah stated at the beginning of the podcast, like, why was that? Sexism! Sexism was probably a big part <laughs> of it because George Lucas himself and everybody else has stated that, like, he made the conscious decision that they wanted to focus on Anakin. There is an entire subplot with Padme uh, joining the Rebel Alliance with Mon Mothma and Bail Organa. Um, 
this was really her story that was going along at the same time that Anakin was being seduced by Palpatine in the beginning before he turns. Um, and uh, ultimately, we decided that it was very important that we focus on Anakin's story. So it was with deep regrets that I had to to let that whole subplot go. That that doesn't that that's not okay. Yeah, I was gonna say not to jump the gun, but that's just or, like but the same BS argument that J.J. Abrams gave. If we filmed these really great scenes with Rose and Kelly Marie Tran, but uh. We regretfully had to cut them. I'm like, no. That doesn't cut it. No. That's a not. that's a conscious decision you made. Yeah. No. So yeah. And that's like that's that's for a later podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very much we will discuss that. But yeah, it's again like you are making these decisions and you are portraying that this this female character who you have written up to be pretty strong mm-hmm. in the first two movies does not matter. Right. It, it, right. And it shows just the lack of, I mean, like George wrote the thing and no one ever pushed back or, or questioned him. And I think had you had any single woman in the room, like, I think we'd have a different story. I agree. Going with that of like what could have been, I don't know if you you know this. This is something that I just I just learned researching for this mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but according to a Wired story, so this is about what's originally in the script. Uh, so the potential moment. This is again Anakin interacting with Padme throughout the film. But the potential moment George Lucas had considered in Revenge of the Sith. Anakin leaves moments later. In come the Septists, and right behind his back. Padme is starting the rebellion to overthrow him because Padme can see that he is becoming a monster. This is said by producer McCraig. And then in deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith, Padme meets a few sympathizers from the Galactic Republic, which is faltering toward fascism. They form a coalition of planets concerned about democracy. Padme leads the delegation to deliver their demands to the Chancellor Palpatine behind him, Anakin. So, so in that scene, Anakin's actually there. And so she's basically confronting Anakin himself. Then, uh, with the ending on Mustafar, at the end on Mustafar, when Padme goes to see Anakin, she has a knife in her hands. And she's going to kill him. But she can't do it. This is said by Ian McCaig, a producer. So instead of believing in Anakin's goodness until the end, Coming in, sobbing for him to stop, she intends to kill him. She, of course, ends up not being able to, to because of her love for who Anakin once was. The novels, comics, and TV series offer Padme plenty to do. Spy on aristocrats, defend the innocent in court, demand the Senate stop commissioning soldiers, and alleviate some suffering instead. In this expanded universe, she uses any gambit within the rule of law, and when she, the law stops working, she goes around it. So again, in this expansion, she's going there with the intention to kill Anakin because she knows what he's become. Again, you know she can't do it, but to me that would have just been added such a layer to it of like she sees what's happening. She's, she's not the poorly written, oh my gosh, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Come, come back to me. 
because that's where that's that's my argument of like why I'm I'm not a fan of her in Revenge of the Sith is that she's not really using her logical brain. And as as Sarah has pointed out, like yes, there's a lot of things going on, and like we can headcanon that a lot of things are going on, but with what's shown, she is basically just sitting around in her apartment, in her penthouse, not doing anything. And she's seeing things happen. She see, she watches the Jedi Temple burn. And I like as other people have said, like I and like I like to think like the Padme that I knew in the past, and I could be wrong, would have run to the temple and been like Bail Organa. I feel like the the stuff for Padme was given to Bail Organa to establish him as a character. Because I'm like, this is what Padme should be doing, going to the going to the temple and being like, what's going on here, and then being turned away, and her, but her just acceptance of Anakin, like, oh, something happened, and the Jedi turned against us, and then she's just like, oh, okay, I hope I hope Obi Wan is okay, like to me, that's like it kind of betrays her character a little bit, in my opinion. I disagree. You disagree. Okay. I I I can see your argument of like all of what should have been given to Padme was given to Bail, but I disagree. A lot of people were suspected that Anakin and Padme were in a relationship and it would have been super suspicious if she came running in when there's an attack on the temple wondering if everyone's okay, specifically is Mr. Skywalker okay. But she doesn't have to mention him. Yeah, 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 but everyone can read between the lines. Also, they also can't the tell fact she's that she's pregnant. So. Oh. Well, also, I was just going to say the fact that she's pregnant might have dissuaded her uh, from going just by risking the right? health of her child. Right. She may have wanted to, but she is thinking about the good of her child and doesn't go. That's one of the sacrifices that a mother makes. So I disagree with that. And I don't, I think you are kind of reading Padme's reaction when Anakin tells her what happened to the Jedi a little too at face value. So. What do you mean at face value? What else value is there? As George has clearly shown us in the trilogy, it's show, don't tell. Or it's tell, don't show. So if he doesn't show me, doesn't tell me what's happening, what am I supposed to do with it? I guess I can in it, but like, <laughs> I mean, we, we know that Natalie is a fantastic actress and we have seen Padme throughout the prequel trilogy put on different faces, right? She has boldface lied in the previous episodes in the deceptions that she has to do with her, her decoys and handmaidens and with other senators, we know what Padme lying looks like. And like, she has a whole, like, I think she's just saying the things to keep Anakin calm. I don't think she believes what Anakin's saying. But then she does the same thing with Obi-Wan. Why would she lie to Obi-Wan? Because I would I would agree. Like she has that that blank face. And so like when Obi-Wan comes in, he's like, I've seen this. And she's like, I don't believe it. Like people say that, like, yeah, she is like not doing good acting there. 
but I, I would disagree with that of like, she's putting on that lie face of she doesn't believe it, but she does. And so that's why she's lying and putting on that face. So why, and like, that's why she goes to Mustafar. Well, no, she's. So why is she lying to, to Obi-Wan if like, again, she was placating Anakin and trying to get him to leave and be like, okay, yep, you, you can leave, please. Why would she lie to Obi-Wan when Obi-Wan comes in and says, yeah, he's done all these terrible things. And she's like, no. Like one, it's the, it's the trauma of what happened. Like she's still trying to process, because I'm sure she's, you know, trying to read the hollows in between the visits of what happened. It's trying to process what happened. And so one, Anakin comes and presents her with the side of the story. And then, then Obi-Wan comes and presents her with a different side of the story. And so one, you know, the Jedi turned bad. That's one story. The other story is Anakin killed all the younglings. And it's those, I mean, that's two different things that she's being told. And her reaction is, she's going to have different reactions to those different pieces of news. Right. But I'm saying, I think she has the same face and expression for both. So if you're saying that she's lying to Anakin, that means she's also lying to Obi-Wan. In that she does believe he's done those things. Because like, I think she, I think she does believe those things that Anakin, that, that Obi-Wan tells her but she just does her diplomatic lie face and so lies to him to like save face or like to to not oh okay i understand what you're saying but no so she is she lies to anakin because as we're getting really we are getting really sidetracked <laughs> really well, sidetracked yeah, that's we'll jump that's back, okay. but, let's let's clear this up um so I, I agree with you that she lies to Anakin because, you know, perhaps she believes that these things have happened or that he did those things. She lies to Obi-Wan because she is still trying to preserve the relationship and the secrecy because she doesn't know at this point that Obi-Wan knows about the relationship until he says, Anakin's the father. I'm so sorry. Okay. So I think she's she lies to Anakin because... You're, you're talking to a mass murderer. Like right. you, you're going to lie there, but then she's lying to Obi-Wan to try to separate herself and to save Anakin. All right. Now we get to dive into the more difficult part where we talk about Padme's death. What you say mm, That you only meant well Well, cause you did mm, What you say Okay. I will personally say right now that I have headcanoned a way to make it make sense. But again, I'm my credit, the criticisms that have been put forward and, and the criticisms that I'm going to put forward are, it is not shown to us mm -hmm. or told to us what is happening. Correct. She just dies. Yep. And so, yes, you could, you can come up with headcanons and I will even share my headcanon, which was given to me by E.K. Johnston. But according to Business Insider, Padme's character only exists to die, which will be the thing that turns Anakin into Darth Vader. A character who fears death, especially the death of those they love, is an interesting idea, but Lucas's script makes it incredibly hand-fisted and boring. 
The romance is supposed to be the thing that makes us care about Anakin, but it actually makes me and everyone else hate him. And then according to Cracked.com, they have an article about Hollywood's five saddest attempts at feminism. (laughs) Uh, They say, seriously, the movie makes it pretty clear. She gives up. No serious injury, no difficult birth, no blood spurting on the table. What about the two children she has to live for? Nope, she'll have none of that. The uterus will not allow it. And and that's where I will say, like, that's my biggest issue with it, is that there is no explanation. Just They literally just say... Medically, she's completely healthy. For reasons we can't explain, we are losing her. She's dying. We don't know why. She has lost the will to live. We need to operate quickly if we are to save the babies. Babies? She's carrying twins. Medically speaking, yep, there's nothing wrong with her. And so that, like, that is the biggest beef I have with her entire character is that, like, she has two children to live for. And, like, but she chooses not to. Because according to George, and again, I think this is completely because of George Lucas's writing and his interpretation, she has to die. Yeah. And so he cannot, he does not know how to do it. So he just says <laughs> she died of a broken heart. Right. Yep. <laughs> the the, the cop out. And I would accept that if there weren't kids. But there are mm-hmm. kids. And she's just like, nope, not important. Peace. Mm-hmm. So there's one, there's another piece because through with my, my novel, the, the Star Wars on Trial uh, book, they also talk about, because a lot of people talk about, oh, it's the tragedy of Padme Abadala dying. That's, like it's a tragedy. Yeah. Uh, and this person contests that with, does Amidala, initially a heroic figure committed to the fight against evil, die a hero's death? Is she ultimately a tragic hero, a patriot? Doomed to fail in the attempt to defeat forces far more powerful? No. She has no hero's death. She makes no great attempt to defeat Palpatine. She stands on the sidelines and cries as Palpatine destroys the Republic. Her death is an accident of health imposed by the author. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I can defend it. I'm not really sure what I want to say here yet. So just jump in and I'm going to, I'm going to just, it'll help me. It'll help me to I, I, process as, as you. Yeah. I'll get the ball rolling here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Padme just sits on the sidelines. Like she's. What does she do in, in revenge of the Sith? That is shown. Yeah. Okay. That is shown. Right. Right. Cause that's. You can't just make things up in your head. Well, I was gonna. I mean, I was gonna refer to the <laughs> deleted scene. You can't. That's the point. They're on the deleted floor. They don't count. But then, I guess to her defense, no one does anything. So, everyone's to blame. Correct. We're not, and I don't think when I when people say these things about Padme. I don't think it's because they don't like the character. They, they they blame her. I think it's because she's been built up so high. 
She's been built up as this fighter of liberty. Like, that's what she does in, in episode one. Like, she fights for her own planet's freedom. Mm-hmm. Then in the episode two, she's right. still fighting. She's like, we gotta... Right. And it's that they built this character a certain way. And they built it up to, like, they fight for the innocent. They fight for the, 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 the unknowns. They fight for what's right. And then in, atta- in episode three, it, she doesn't do anything. She just sits back and sits on the sidelines. And that's the argument of, again, like, I, there are a lot of people who, who will defend the Padme character, which they should, um, with, like, Clone Wars in particular. And, like, all of the, the subcanon of, like, the E.K. Johnston books and stuff like that. And I think those are fantastic. And I, like, I love those books, and I think it really gives you a, 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 good, a good view of what Pat, who Padme is and maybe what she was doing at the time. My issue with that is, again, and always has been, of, like, that is not as what is portrayed in the movies. And the movies are the most accessible thing out there. Just are. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't... Yeah. They are the most accessible. They are the least time commitment. You can go watch them. And if you can't tell me a good story of a good character in those movies, there's a problem with that character. You can flesh it out in attack in Clone Wars, and again, I think a lot of that was fleshed out because of the criticism she got in Attack of the in Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> because George then had control over her and could like make her do a lot more more interesting things. But like, you have to flesh it out in the film. You can't just and is like I because like I love the character Padme, I really do, but Revenge of the Sith just completely cuts the legs out from under her. Mm-hmm. in my opinion. And so I'm like, yes, I really like, I'm really looking forward to the E.K. Johnston book about Revenge of the Sith. And maybe that'll give us some more information about what she's doing. But then I'm also like, this is trying to cover up a problem. Right. And the problem of her character. And I'm like, I, I like that that is done, but like, it's still a problem with the character. Sexism, man. I know, right? Yeah, Padme didn't die of a broken heart. The patriarchy killed her. Very true. That's right. But I will now defend the decision through fan theories. I was gonna say there's a buttload of fan theories. Yeah, biggest fan theory. Yeah, so many fans. The biggest fan theory, and it is. People have claimed that it is supported, and this is what George originally thought. And they, they claim it's supported in the in the film. I don't agree with it, but this is the defense. The defense is that she did not die of a broken heart. She died because Palpatine sucked her life force out of her and gave it to Vader. <laughs> And there have been people that claim that the shots line up that like when she takes her last breath, he takes his first breath. That's not true. Those shots do I was going to say, up. is that, can we And they do not that? jump back and forth. I have fact checked it. It does not line up. Yeah. And they do not jump back and forth really between once Padme has decided like she's dying. They bring out Luke and they're like, this is the hope. This is the, the positive. 
and then they stay with her until basically she passes. And then they jump back to Vader and he takes his first breath. And then is like, what of Padme? And the famous, no! You mean infamous? So, infamous, yes. <laughs> infamous, no. <laughs> so it's again, like, that's the argument, is that that was what George always intended, and it is because Palpatine is using his dark side secrets of pulling all of her life force and saving Vader. I don't agree with it, but that's the defense. What do you guys think? I don't like I, I don't like that because again, it's just it, there's not even like a hint of of that actually happening. You know, like you said, the shots don't actually line up, and so it just feels like just an ex, just an excuse for for the bad for the bad writing of, and you know, again, if it like you said earlier about this is the most accessible form. Like, you know, no one's going to, a casual fan or whatever, isn't going to go online and, and delve into these fan theories and stuff, you know? So if it's not even remotely hinted at that, that's the case, then I don't think it should be counted or accepted as canon to cut, to make up for the, for the bad writing of just died of a broken heart or Yeah. I remember when I first heard the theory, I thought it was cool, but the more that I've sat with it, I think it is a bit of a stretch. And I don't think even within the the fan theorizing, there's enough to support it or there's enough to explain it. And there certainly isn't enough in the movie because I know you and I have watched it kind of like, okay, we're going to look for it. And we're like, well, you can kind of maybe see it there. And I guess this is what they mean when they sent that. It's it's not, to me, the most obvious thing. No. Again, could have been cool if they actually did it. Right. But I, I just don't yeah, think they're strong enough for it. Exactly. So my headcanon, because I get, because I, because this is a, this is a nice, I think a nice button on it. My headcanon for how she passes was given to me or explained to me by E.K. Johnson when she showed up on the podcast Sisters with Sabres. Shout out to Sisters with Sabres. And she states that in her thoughts, it is she dies because we don't know why she dies. It is not because of a broken heart. It is basically, we have, in our current society today, we have thousands of women dying in childbirth, and we don't know why. Or, we like, at the moment, they don't know why, and they can't save them. And she, she E.K. Johnson specifically pointed out of, like, especially with, in the African-American community, of, of African-American women die at a high, high proportion, much higher proportion than white women in hospitals. And she's like, if that's still the case now, her argument is that it is something went wrong and they didn't pay attention and they just didn't know what happened. But it was not just because she died of a broken heart. Mm -hmm. So 
again, I think it's, I like that idea and that's how I will explain it to myself. I still think it's really dumb that I have to headcanon myself that. Yes. Of like, there's no way of knowing what she died of. Like, I'm pretty sure the original thought is she died of a broken heart. That's George's view, I believe. But it's just like, that's where I struggle. But like, that's my headcanon on it. I was going to say, it could be a medically broken heart. Oh, the the droids yeah. could have missed it. Oh my gosh, that is that is good. We right, shall see about yeah. that. Official, no. right, official uh, uh, canon there, folks. <laughs> No, I I 100% back that. I think it's it's well, one, it's true because even today there's still far too many women dying in childbirth. But like, I know, kind of back in the day, I I don't know if I wrote a paper on it, but I brought it to one of my my classes, and my classmates just kind of rolled their eyes at me. They're like, "Why is she bringing Star Wars into the classroom?" But we were talking about artificial intelligence and AI and what jobs are going to get replaced with AI and what ones aren't. And, you know, people are saying, "Well, like, you know, you don't need a person to help you order a cheeseburger, but you still need people to like help you do personal things." And I'm like, "Well, Padme gave birth in Revenge of the Sith with droids and like you know, supposedly it went well. That's not technically what she died of, but I think I think it is because like droids don't. Yes, droids can textbook know uh, the human anatomy, but like I think it's very possible that the droids missed something. I mean, Padme, I get like she lost the will to live, but like she was still healthy enough to push out two twins. Yep. If if she had truly lost the will to live, they, they would have done a cesarean section. She would not have pushed. I don't know if that's getting too graphic for your listeners here, but. They'll survive. They, they, they yeah, will. <laughs> hey, hey, no. So yeah, I, I, between that discrepancy in my brain and then what EK said about, you know, how there is such a high maternal mortality, even in, you know, the, the, countries with great medical care, I think it is entirely possible that whatever weird moon she was on with those medical droids, they just didn't have the training or the programming or they missed something in, in their rush. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just, again, like, I think I've said it a ton and like, as we're wrapping up here, but like, I love the character of Padme and I really to me, it's, I wanted better for her in Revenge of the Sith. And so that's where my criticisms of Padme in Revenge of the Sith come from. It is, I wanted better. And that that's, that's just like my biggest argument of like, yeah, like she was, it's again, just, I wanted better. You, there are things that you can put headcanon, like I headcanon things, absolutely. And I think E.K. Johnston is going to do a fantastic job of, mentioning or of, of telling us what she's doing in revenge of the sith and stuff like that but i think it again it's side stuff and i want things to be more accessible and like more concrete because the only things that are truly truly canon are the clone wars and maybe the new tv shows 
and the movies. Any print media is not truly, truly canon because they can just decide they don't like it anymore. And I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying of like, I want things more in canon that won't change. So if like these, while I love these books, they could be totally rewritten or they could change everything later on. You're starting on a totally different controversy there. Correct. That's, it's just a fact. It's not a controversy yet, but anyway, continuing, we will get on that controversy later. Any final thoughts on Padme, Ethan? No, I mean, yeah, you kind of just summarized it pretty well. Just, I don't, I, I like her as a character overall, uh, especially in the first two films. And it is just uh, very unfortunate. Uh, her final character arc in Revenge of the Sith, that definitely just derails her. Uh, overall and she has so many great qualities that we that we just don't get to see or we have to we have to read about rather than seeing on the screen so i think that very unfortunate that 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 it, it turned out that way final thoughts correspondent sarah i think i want to end by reading the last paragraph of that retrozap article that we've okay. referenced a couple times because okay. i think it sums it up pretty well padme amidala is a character for the times we live in her legacy is one of faith, loyalty, selflessness, honesty, and stubbornness to stand up for deeply held beliefs and ideals. While it's true that she perished and failed to stop the dark shroud that enveloped the galaxy, her legacy will live on, and that legacy would succeed where she had fallen short. Her spirit would be passed down to the next generation, her children, and that spirit would not only cripple the empire, but it would vindicate her faith in Anakin. There you go. Well done. This is the end. All right. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at whoshot1swpod. If you would like to find us, send us an email. You can find send us an email at whoshotfirstswpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at whoshotfirstswpod. And you can find us on our website on Word, at WordPress with Who Shot First Star Wars Controversies. Thank you for joining us on our 25th episode of this wonderful podcast. We will keep doing it because we just love talking about Star Wars and are trying to have a positive impact on the fandom. Exactly. So with that, from all of us here at... Who shot first? Never tell us the odds. Never tell us the odds. Never tell us the odds. Never tell me the odds. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Oh, really? You're cold? I'm, I'm just crazy. I don't know. You are, but that's not relevant to the conversation right now. Uh, <laughs> They're not going to hear this. It's going to get cut. No, this should be your bloopers. Well, maybe, but see, it's still dark. If, it, if, we had a, if we had a blooper reel, it would be him burping every single episode. We do have a burp, blooper reel. If you listen to the podcast, there's a blooper reel at the end of every podcast. Well. Good grief, these guys. It's because we haven't fed them yet. And it's also, they have food.
they have food, but it's again, because we're podcasting. They oh. do this every time okay. the podcast. Okay. They go nuts. In the script and potential ideas, he had Anakin legitimately seeing what was going on with Anakin. And so the potential you moment- You Padme going on with what? Anakin? What? You said Anakin going on with Anakin. Oh, did I? Yeah. Try again. Okay, yeah. trying again. Take five <laughs> million. <Yeah>. The tragedy. <laughs> Of lay of of um, Prince. Ugh. All right, so sorry, I'm just. Yes, I'm defending. <laughs> I was gonna say, give give Ethan a. Go ahead, Ethan. You got it. You got some. And again, this is maybe where my sexism comes in, or I don't know, if sexism, I feminism. Sexism. This is nothing. To I, I'm sexism. getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But like, <laughs> I felt like I rambled there. You did a little bit, but not, not no, bad. but no. I, yeah, I, we followed you. Okay, thank you. So, <laughs> all right, well done. Right. Finally, you sit on my lap, Sabe. My and she's gosh. She's about to get up, yeah.